How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily podcast on the New York Knicks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, my city and wide. Yeah, let me take my time. I'm on my grind. Gotta make sure that we shine. What's yours is mine, and what's mine is yours. HR to the death and first always my team for sure. Go roll. Can't fall off. Got a family support. Gotta make sure we succeed and reach our dream. Now live through me. I'm about to take off. Yeah, and it's no days Hello and welcome to the Locked On Knicks podcast. This is episode 42. I am your host, Jared Dubin. Today we'll be talking about the bros that come off the bench. Before we do that, a few quick notes. I want to say thank you once again to Sean Scott for the intro music and to his manager, LeVar, for the hookup. The song is called Good Times. It's produced by Pav Bundy. You can find Sean Scott's music on SoundCloud and follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Scott HR. I also want to be sure to note that the Lockdown Knicks podcast and the Lockdown Podcast Network are presented in partnership with FanRag Sports. You can check out todaysfastbreak.com for their content, and you can find a link to the podcast on their Knicks page, as well as the archive of the podcast on the bottom of all Knicks-related articles. While you're checking those out, be sure to check out Lockdown NBA, hosted by David Locke, the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, as well as Lockdown Fantasy Basketball, hosted by Josh Lloyd for all your fantasy basketball needs. And if you are a New York sports fan, please check out Locked On Giants, hosted by Art Stapleton of The Record, and or Locked On Jets, hosted by John Butchko of Gangrene Nation. The Locked On Podcast Network right now, I swear David Locke sent me this information last week. It's the fastest growing sports podcast network in the world right now. Two million listens last month. Pretty unbelievable stuff. Thank you for being a loyal listener to this podcast. And uh, if you like it, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a review, preferably Bill Walker star rating. That's five stars. You can find the podcast on Audioboom and or Stitcher as well. And with that, let's get to today's guest to discuss the Knicks bench, Joe Flynn, our man from Posting and Toasting. Joe, thank you for coming on, man. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm pretty good. I, uh, I, I notice from your Twitter stylings that you are paying particularly close attention to the guys that come off the bench, or at least, you know, closer attention than I am. I, I tend to tune in and out of preseason games, and uh, there's been discussions from from you and several other people that I follow on Twitter sort of in-depth about which guys should and shouldn't make it on the end of the roster, which guys should get minutes, stuff like that. What's your overall feeling on the quality of the bench as a whole before we get into some specifics on some other guys? Well, I mean... Uh you have to kind of differentiate between guys who have talent, uh, you know, guys who could develop in the talent, and guys who would actually contribute to an NBA bench. And uh, about the latter, uh, I'm not 100% sure yet, um, but there are guys who have some legit skills, and that is kind of a step up from the last few years. 
athleticism, some youth. Again, a big step up from recent years. So uh, I have no idea how Jeff Hornacek is going to use them and uh, who is going to work out. But it is, uh, it's been fun watching you know, some of the younger ones, especially some of the kids uh, running up and down the court and uh, having a good old time. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of really the only thing to watch for during the preseason, like especially in these earlier games, you know, before they get into, you know, one of the last couple when they start using it as sort of like a fake dress rehearsal. Uh, These early games when guys are playing, you know, 15, 20 minutes, whatever it is, then really all you can do is sort of project hope onto whichever bench guy happens to catch your fancy. I mean, is there anyone in particular that has become, like, your guy through the early part of the preseason? Well, uh, the interesting thing uh, that Hornacek did uh, last last game against Boston, he actually had Ron Baker play about half a quarter, even, maybe even more, with most of the starters. It was uh, Jennings, Baker, Mello, Chris right. Dobbs, and Noah. And that really worked. I mean, it was wonderful to see uh, Baker's I love Ron, uh, yeah. hosting, hosting with big Ron backers. And it shows you he performed really well, you know, mixed in with better players. So that was really great to see. Yeah, and it's like that's the kind of role he's going to play if he plays. So it was yeah. good to see that be a fit. Like he's not going to be out there, you know, running the unit by himself in all likelihood. Like he's going to be a supplementary style guy. And it was good to see him fit in that manner. Granted, it was yeah, in the preseason, exactly. but you know, in the second half, they had guys um, like Hernan Gomez and Kuzminskis had like a bunch of points and stuff after halftime. But like, they're not going to be the guys that are like the main guys when they're on the court. So it's 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 hard to put as much stock into that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I, there is a chance he could fill the uh, Langston Galloway role of a guy who, you know, hits the threes. Uh, he's a good shooter. Um, or he was in college, and he's, you know, I think uh, his three-point shooting in the preseason has been good. You know, a guy who basically knows his role uh, playing with uh, regulars or, with, or on the bench, you know. Um, they kind of lost, I mean, Galloway... He was kind of a polarizing figure, but I don't know why he was pretty, basically just a solid role player. And Knicks fans are kind of weird about solid role players, so uh, I'm hoping they need someone to fill that role. And uh, Baker defends well. He's a good team defender, which I like. And he is, you know, he's uh, got decent size. He can play the three. He can play the two. So, um... I, I like him, uh, and I'm surprised. I'm not. I'm surprised because he's a Knicks coach, but I am happy that Hornacek uh, has kind of taken a shot to him and thrown him in with uh, some of the regulars. Let, let's back up a second. Who was Langston Galloway polarizing to? Oh God, there were people like at the end of the season, you know, because I deal with. Well, I know we all deal with Knicks fans on social media and all, but. Uh, you know, he, he was struggling shooting uh, from the outside by the end, but people were just like, oh, you know, what? he's never going to be anything. You know, like, he's not, you know, he's not growing as a player, and 
I think, you know, he had reached, he had found his niche, kind of, and he was just kind of uh, fulfilling that role. And, you know, with, with some of these younger players, uh, fans always want something more. And uh, Ron's another guy. I mean, he's not going to be, he's probably never going to be more than what he is, but, you know, what he is could be useful in a, uh, you know, like a 10-man rotation. Right, and you need, especially this team needs, you know, another guy in the backcourt. Like a bunch of the, so for example, they signed last week uh, Damian Inglis, the former uh, Milwaukee Bucks forward uh, international guy. Um, The last thing they really need is another combo forward. Um, And some of their other end-of-bench guys that they signed... Um, to whether it was guaranteed or non-guaranteed contracts, you know they brought in they brought Lou Amundsen back, who I know that they like a lot and is great uh, in the locker room, not just to talk to, but also for like the guys that are that are there. They like him a lot for that as well. But he's also not someone they have a need for. I mean, they have you know Noah and Kristaps and O'Quinn and Hernan Gomez, uh, you know. That's already four guys that can play center. Um, do they necessarily need another one? You know, especially since they have, you know, you add to that Carmelo and Thomas and maybe even Kuzminskis or Endor that could play power forward. So at a certain point, like there's so many forwards and big guys, and they really only have it's you know it's Rose Jennings, Courtney Lee, are the only guys that are definitely gonna play at the guard spot. And, uh, you know, the, the other guys are all sort of fighting for rotation spots at guard, and it's... Sasha, you forgot Sasha. Right, well, it's not, I was going to say, where I was going <laughs> next, is it's not exactly an inspiring group, because the next guy that's, like, most likely to get minutes, I feel like, is Sasha, just because he's familiar. Oh, yeah, Sasha, they, uh, they love him some Sasha. And uh, to his credit, he has shot really incredibly well during the preseason, which is kind of creepy, but uh, he um, he kind of fulfilled uh, whatever little promise he had last year when uh, they they swapped him out for Aaron Aflala, who was just god-awful. And, uh, but I'm, I'm hoping now that they see maybe bring in someone who is actually better. I mean, that would be nice. It would be nice to see. Um, they love Sasha, though. He's just one of, He's just their guy. Yeah, and look, he's playing, like, with, with Rose at his trial and Jennings starting at point guard. Sasha is, like, the backup point guard right now. Yeah. Which it is... It was Randall, but then Randall got hurt, so... Right. It was Sasha. Um, they've actually... One thing that I found very interesting about the bench, um, and I'm, I'm not sure what the Bucks are going to do with
Holiday is actually the one uh, running the offense. I think he had five assists in his last game, so he is surprisingly adept at that. Baker can do it a little bit, and uh, Hernan Gomez, when he's out there, is actually a really good passer. So, I mean, they kind of painted themselves into a corner a little bit by not having another point guard, but they do have some guys, you know, they do have some guys that can make plays, so... Yeah, and then look, the you saw Noah bring the ball up the court uh, and kick off the offense. Not you know, run the offense in the half court, but at least initiate it with like hit ahead passes um, and things like that. He got a couple of assists that way. One to I think it was Carmelo on a trail, and then one to uh, to Holiday um, on a jumper on on the side of the court. Also, I mean they have guys that can move the ball. It's more like the initiation of the offense that might be an issue. Um, you know, especially if they have to get into a half-court game. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a worry. I, they don't seem, they never seem to worry about it uh, during the offseason when they were, after they got uh, Rose and Jennings, they're like, okay, we're good. But, uh, <laughs> as far as point guards go. But Randall, I mean, I have hope for Randall. The face injury. I just read that he's not going to have surgery. It's like three right. or four weeks of recovery time. Yep. He has a, a fractured orbital bone. He's not getting surgery in, like you said, three to four weeks of recovery before he can ramp back yeah. up again. And, and that, you know, that may be before he just starts playing again, like not necessarily before he can get into games again. Yeah. yeah. I have no idea what they're going to do with his losses. I mean, he's not a guaranteed... Um, Based on what they need, if he wasn't hurt, they definitely should have. They definitely should, you know, get him. They should sign him because he is. Um, I like his shooting. He is, you know, he's kind of shifty, quick. Um, he's undersized, but not like terribly undersized. But he, he just uh, he really uh, kind of spark plugs the offense uh, when he's on the court. So I'm not, I'm I'm curious to see what happens with him and Baker. Um, they both honestly, they both should be on the roster, just given the way it is completely imbalanced towards two men. Um, they need more guards, and they have two guards who show some promise. I mean, it's not rocket science, but they're gonna, yeah, you know, they have Marshall Plumley and Robinson. Right, and the thing about this team right now, though, is it's difficult to know even what the rotation might look like, because they haven't played any preseason games with everyone healthy yet. You know, like in the the early preseason games, Noah was out with his injury, and then for the last few preseason games, I think Rose only played the first game. And then for the last three, he's been at his trial, um, may still be at his trial, depending when it ends for the next one. Um, I know that the the beat writers were tweeting earlier today that Hornacek doesn't know if he would throw him out there if he doesn't practice before the next preseason game he's available for. So you could conceivably enter the season not having played a single game with all of your guys, and really we would then go into the year with no idea what the rotation is going to look like, even after we know which guys they're going to keep, which right now, because they haven't had their guys, is so difficult to figure out. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be, uh, I don't know if I'm terribly, because of all the 
ugliness surrounding Derrick Rose. Honestly, it's been, uh, I think that's been more fun watching them without Derrick Rose. I mean, hopefully he comes back and helps the team like win games in the regular season, but the preseason has been fun watching all these guys uh, get burned. And they've been, you know, there hasn't really been one guy dominating the ball in a lot of these games, not even Melo. They have been, especially last game against the, the Celtics, they, you know, they, they're moving the ball the way you're supposed to in the triangle. You know, everybody's, uh, everybody's passing, everybody's cutting. It's, uh, it's looked good. I don't know how that's going to look when Rose comes back, but, uh, you know, it was fun to see, at least in the preseason. But, yeah, we don't know who is going to do what. I mean, basically Holiday and Lance Thomas, if he's healthy, are the two guys guaranteed, I guess. Uh, or Jennings and Thomas, Jennings, not, yeah. yeah. I keep thinking of them as a starter. Yeah, Jennings, Holiday, and Lance. I mean, in theory it should be Kyle Quinn, but he kind of sucks. So. Yeah, O'Quinn got the starts when Noah was out, um, and he, during the preseason, I feel like in the time that I've watched, has looked a lot like he did last season where it's like you can tell that he's a talented player and it makes you think, like, why isn't this guy playing more? He should be a big part of the rotation. And then you can also tell that, like, that talent isn't always put to the best use because he's, like, in all ways, he's sort of too aggressive. If that makes sense? Yeah. I mean, it's... He, um, he kind of takes the point center idea a little uh, little little wild there he actually he was like the number one ball stopper in the in the last game against Boston you know when he was on the court in the first half it's basically you know he holds on the ball he kind of waits 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 he's looking for a pass and it's uh it's not fun to watch it's you know it's basically iso mellow Replacing Nello with Kyle Quinn. <laughs> right, which is not, not quite as ideal, just to throw it out there. <laughs> it's um, it's also like, you know who, uh, at least in my head and from Knicks fans that are tweeting me and talking to me outside of Twitter and podcast conversations, everybody knows who they want to make the roster, but almost nobody has confidence that those will be the guys that actually make the roster. I feel like everyone I talk to sort of default assumes that they're going to wind up keeping, like, Sasha and Amundsen over, you know, Randall and Baker, basically. Um, I'm assuming that you sort of come down uh, with that same opinion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially now that uh, Randall is hurt. Um, yeah, I mean, seems like Plumlee is a guy they could lose. Um, and he, it's not that he's played like, terribly yet. He's been okay for what he is, but he seems like a guy they could cut and keep in Westchester because other teams are not going to like jump at the chance of adding him to their 15-man, you know what I mean? Yeah, he um, seems like a perfectly serviceable like sixth or seventh big man, but they don't really need that because they already have 19 big men. Yeah, they're loaded with... Um, Endor hasn't been very good... But the more I look at the roster, they don't have a ton of guys who can actually... It's amazing that they have a lot of big men, but not a lot of guys who can play power forward. That's not, I mean, they have uh, Chris Dott, who uh, you would hope 
hit a lot of his second unit minutes. You'd hope he'd be getting in center. Um, you have Mello again, uh, and Lance. But Amundsen isn't really a small forward, and on Gomez isn't. O'Quinn, they say he is a pop power forward. I mean. O'Quinn, they say he is, but again, terrible idea. So, I mean, if you're going to try to defend in the modern NBA, you can't have those guys out there. Um, at the four, you can't be pairing them up, um, you know, at the four and five, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm just they not are, sure. They're really uh, imbalanced, I'll say. Right, and, and Endor, I know, is somebody that people had a lot of hopes for based on his preseason last year, but he also does seem to, like, he, I'm not sure that he brings any skills that either Lance or Kuzminskis doesn't have, if that makes sense. Like, it seems like everything he does, at least one of those two does also, uh, which might make him extraneous, uh, you know, more so than people who fell in love with him during last year's Summer League might like. It could be, but my, my thing is, uh, having watched Kuzminskis, he can't guard power forwards in the NBA. I don't know if he'd guard anyone. Yeah, well, I mean, but they were just, like, I mean, Jalen Brown just, like, tore through him like he was nothing. And Jalen Brown isn't exactly uh, an NBA four at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it seems like with him, he can do some offensive things um, in the same way that Endor can. And Lance is better defensively at guarding threes and fours. Yeah. That, that's sort Lance, of what I meant. Lance is a weird guy, though, because he, he might be, uh, at least last year, he was their best, like, on-the-ball defender. Yep. So, I mean, he, you almost, it's almost wasting him if you're guarding, if you're putting him on, like, a power forward, uh, unless they're really good. Right. Because he is their best perimeter defender, or he was last year. So, that's where it gets tricky. And he's sort of also the key to any mellow at the four lineup because it's basically just Lance takes whichever forward is the tougher defensive matchup, and that's just how it goes. Um, yep. And that could that could wind up being at the four, or it could wind up being at the three, and it just sort of depends on the night. Yep, I, I would be interested. I don't know how much they've played together, but I would love to see Ron uh, and Lance, and then, you know, have some some quality players around them, see how it works out. Uh, they know how to do their stuff, especially on defense. So That's what the Knicks always need. Are you a... It feels like people, you know, even while wanting them both, have sort of divided themselves into the the Baker camp and the Randall camp because it, there's a distinct possibility that they might only keep one. Are you in the Baker camp or the Randall camp? Um, no, I haven't thought about it. I think I would be happy and disappointed either way. I don't really, um, I feel like there's more of a need for Randall, but I feel like Baker could maybe contribute more right away. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's more that Baker, to me, makes more sense when the team is at full strength. Um, and Randall makes more sense in the, when the inevitable happens and somebody gets hurt is sort of how I look at it. Um, yeah. And I, I think I'd rather just have the guy who makes sense all the time rather than the guy who's only going to make sense when other guys aren't there. So I, I've sort of 
delineated myself into the Baker camp, and, you know, Randall, sad as it is, breaking his face, I think probably gives Baker the leg up to make the actual roster. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, <laughs> thinking about it now, um, I would rather have uh, Baker matched up against most small forwards than I would Kuzminskis, or defense at least. I mean, he yeah. gives you a better chance than Kuzminskis, who is, you know, I he has the skills on offense, but I am worried about him. So... Yeah, the I fact mean, that he can play defense, I think, really works in his favor, um, yeah. with, especially against guys that are bigger than him, because Randall is pretty small. He's pretty, yeah, he's, I think he's like 6'4", 6'5". I mean, in the modern NBA, that's, you know, that's small forward uh, territory in a, lot of, in a lot of players, so. Right, and Randall, I think, is 6'2". Yeah. Yeah, um, so. Baker's definitely more uh, versatile. Right. Um, before... I let you go here. Um, Hernan Gomez a little bit. You know, after that game the other night where he had a bunch of points and rebounds in the second half, Hornacek was talking about, you know, how he's got to find him more minutes. And Carmelo said he reminds him of Mark Gasol, <laughs> which um, Carmelo gone a little bit crazy there. <laughs> um, he said those things. He said stuff. Yeah, Carmelo says stuff, you know, this is a team full of guys that say stuff. Um, yeah. Carmelo's definitely one of them. Derrick Rose certainly is one of them. Um, oh, Derrick Rose is a lunatic, uh, I mean, uh, with the stuff he says. So yeah, I mean, he's... Uh, he, we'll, we'll get into Derrick Rose stuff at another time. But what have been your thoughts on Hernan Gomez before? He's sort of been polarizing, I think, to a bunch of people. Oh, my God, yeah. It's amazing. Um the thing about the thing that makes me excited is he seems more athletic than I was, than people had claimed. Like it sounded like he was really plotting as a big man, right? Um, from the way people described it, he can run the floor. I was surprised by how well he runs the floor. He had a couple of uh, Porzingis uh, putback dunks um, in the preseason, which is always nice. And he is like he is quicker than I thought he would be. He's a little sneaky quick. He has uh, an Amari David Lee-esque uh, awareness on defense. Yes. Now, I, he's really young, so there is hope, and he seems like a quick study, and he seems, you know, there's hope that he will improve on that. Um, so that, I feel like he has maybe more physical talent to become a decent defender than I was given to believe by the scouting reports. Um, he's, he's quick enough, I think, that if he learns where to be, he can get there. Um, he doesn't know where to be at the moment on defense. On offense, he's really, really mature uh, for his age. You know, for a big guy, he knows where to go, knows when to set screen, knows when to go down the block. Um, I feel like they're going to default to O'Quinn at the beginning of the season, and O'Quinn will probably lose <laughs> that job uh, pretty quickly, as he did last year. Um, Hernan Gomez has shown me enough where, you know, having not 100% confidence in the Knicks' ability to make playoffs this year, you know, if they're going to ride with him, I feel like he has done enough in the preseason to earn some minutes. 
I'd be scared, but you know, we we survived many years watching Amari and David Lee. So. <laughs> yeah, with with his athleticism, Hernan Gomez, I feel like it's more that he's just groundbound than he is that he's than it is that he's unathletic. Like he can move a little bit, um, you know, defensively doesn't necessarily know what he's doing, like you said, but he just he doesn't get very high off the ground. It's not that he like lacks lateral quickness or anything like that. He's just sort of clueless on defense and doesn't get up very high on offense. So right now, you know, a lot of his offense depends on being able to, you know, move guys with his butt when he tries to back them down. Um, and as he gets stronger, I think he'll be able to do that more easily. It just may not happen for him necessarily right away or this year at all. Um, but I, I do think that there's an interesting player in there and that, you know, trying to bring that out uh, is worth it. You know, even if it means that you take a little bit of a hit compared to, to what you might get with a more solid, uh, you know, every night guy out there, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, they've already kind of painted themselves in the corner by having, uh, like, a ton of crappy backup centers anyway. So, um, you know. I feel like he's going to win the job regardless. And it's more about O'Quinn losing the job uh, than him. But it is worse. Yeah, it's worth dealing with. Um, he has got he's got some serious skills. And when you're that big, uh, you know, you can get by with not jumping. We've seen lots of uh, guys do it. You have to know what you're doing. So, uh, you know, he's going to have to become a little bit more savvy. Uh, positioning will always be important for him, and uh, feel like you know maybe he can do it. And uh, I'm you know I'm excited. Everybody's going to everybody loves Billy. Everybody loves Billy. Yeah, I also feel like it. I don't know how much it matters, but it's it's good that like he knows Kristaps and they're familiar with each other. Um, you know, not just in. Uh, a game sense, but a personal sense, because they played with each other um, in Spain. They, you know, they were on the same team out there, and they sort of had funky big man chemistry, uh, yeah. if you want to call it that. We haven't seen a lot of it uh, in the preseason, but I do feel like, you know, if you gave them extended run together at any point, you know, you'd you'd see that familiarity, um, which would help, I think, both of them. Yeah, and uh, I. Another thing that stood out, he's a really good passer. And uh, between him and Noah, it finally feels like the Knicks, uh, they're starting to become a team that it makes sense to run triangle rather than a team where we're running the triangle and they'll make it work. Um, you know, they have, they have guys who can really make plays out of the post. They're also running triangle left, which, uh, you know, makes it more effective when uh, defense doesn't know exactly what's coming every time, but uh, it's 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 fun to watch him work. And uh, if he works hard, if he tries, um, that's all we ask for, basically. Yeah, I mean, at least until the starting point guard gets back, it's a team that somewhat makes sense to run the triangle because that's probably. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's I, that I, might I, be the least. Yeah. Between he, like what I've seen. And what is going to happen when Eric Rose gets there? I just like don't. I can't even imagine. Right, he might be the least triangly player in the league. It's like maybe Russell Westbrook. 
is is less triangly, but other than that, I think it might be it's Rose or Rondo who was another guy that they potentially wanted to get. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that's all I got. Do you want to uh, let people know where they can find you on Twitter, where they can find your stuff uh, before I let you go here? Okay, uh, uh, Twitter at uh, China Joe Flynn, all one word. And uh, postingandtoasting.com on the SD Nation family of networks. Uh, lots of nicks for you. That, that made me think, actually, I was going to ask you at the beginning because I remembered that your handle was China Joe Flynn. What's with the China in China Joe Flynn? Oh, well, I lived in China for six years. And when I made that handle and when I started working with uh, Seth Rosenthal, and, uh, at posting and toasting, I was known as China Joe because I lived in China, and that was my, that was my uh, nickname. You know what? I think that I might have already knew that, like in my head and just forgotten. But yeah, well, I, I, it's been a few years since I was there, so right, it doesn't come up very often. Yeah, anymore. Make sure you check out Joe's stuff, both Twitter at China Joe Flynn and at postingandtoasting.com, one of the best next blogs out there. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at JADubin5 and the show on Twitter at LockedOnNicks. Feel free to reach out, LockedOnNicks at gmail.com if you've got any questions, comments, concerns, advertisements, anything like that. Or you can reach out at my personal email, which you can find in the bio of JADubin5. Be back tomorrow with another show. Going to do a Derek Rose trial wrap-up at some point later in the week. Going to have my two roommates uh, who are respectively a Knicks fan and a Wolves fan on as well to argue about Chris Stapps and Carl Towns and I'm just going to sort of facilitate the, the, the two of them trying to get their, their basketball opinions out there. That should be pretty fun uh, both for me to try to, to stop them from arguing with each other and for people to get you know more of a fan perspective uh, on Chris Stapps than I tend to bring because I've been told that I'm negative about pretty much everybody but you know I don't think I'm negative about Chris Dapps. Dude's going to be awesome, and uh, that show should be pretty fun, too. Thanks for listening.